0: Well, uh, hello, and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We are excited to have you with us. Uh, today is September 7th? 6th. Is it the 6th? Okay. <laughs> We're off to a great start. <laughs> Parent, Okay, let's try it again.
1: Hello, and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, two pastors, two old friends, from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan, Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania.
0: And I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church in Wairika, California. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We're excited to have you with us. Today is September 6th. 2021 and today we thought we would just spend some time reflecting on the upcoming anniversary of september
1: 11th well so it's a, it's a 20 20 year anniversary coming up yeah. on i guess 9 11 this year is, is on a saturday right. um so it's coming up and you know i'm mean, we're, we're in our mid-40s so we were in our mid-20s when this all happened um yep. still a very vivid memory for me yeah um I'm starting to see some of the pieces on television, you know, retrospectives and, um, you know, documentary style stuff and, and all that. And, and you start seeing the images and you start seeing the video and it, it just brings you right back. Um, yeah. You know, it's always interesting how, how much, you know, they've uncovered more video um, in the, in the years since then uh, that people have taken and, and now include into. So you still kind of see, like new video, and new things happening, but it's like you know exactly where you are as soon as you start. As soon as you start seeing the images, yeah. Just the defi- I don't know. Is it an overstatement to say the defining moment of our lifetime? I mean, no, that sounds fall, right. Fall of that, communism, Berlin Wall, that kind of stuff. The, the Challenger
0: explosion.
1: Um, but um, in terms of like a more of a yeah. singu- in terms of a singular moment probably the most dramatic and, and, uh, life changing. Yeah. I think the pandemic has been pretty significant too. Um, but, but yeah,
0: yeah, it's too soon to really have a, but maybe in terms of comparison.
1: like a, a, like a, like a, uh, an instantaneous moment, you know, obviously yeah. the pandemic sort of like this longer, um, yeah. thing that kind of unfolded same with like, again, the end of the cold war and all that. Right. Um, but in terms of just waking up one day, and seeing shocking news, which you just knew was going to change everything. I mean, it was true in uh, 2001. It's more true today that everything is like big news and the biggest news ever. Right. Um, like we always kind of exaggerate how big things Except are. Except
0: that legitimately
1: was, I mean, but the but that, comparis- comparison, yeah, yeah. obviously is December
0: 6th, 1941, right? Pearl Harbor.
1: Yeah. yeah like and obviously that, that was way before our time.
0: Well, sure. I'm just saying in terms of like, those two events, I think, are by far and away, in terms of attacks on American soil, and the and what that means to, like that is sort of imprinted on like my grandfather's generation, right? Right, right. In the way, and, and so in the way that that is imprinted on, um, our, my grandfather. If were he alive today, he would say that was the watershed moment of his like young life. We would say that about September eleventh.
1: Yeah. yeah, so it's one of those things that you just knew right away. This is a big deal. Like, stop what you're doing. This is a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, it was downtown New York City. I mean, even Pearl Harbor was a distant island that wasn't right. even wasn't even a well, state. Well, or yet.
0: the Pentagon, perhaps more pointedly,
1: right? Yeah. Like, I don't know about more pointedly, but at least as well. So you know, I went to James Madison University, and I graduated in. Um, I finished my classwork in two thousand. Um, I was still living in Virginia. Uh, most of my college friends, not most, I don't know, but quite a few of my college friends were from Northern Virginia, right outside DC. Uh, some of my friends had parents who worked in the Pentagon. Uh, and yeah. there were some anxious moments, not knowing whether their parents were alive. Yeah. Uh, I had a college friend who worked in the world trade center. Uh, I, don't Me think too. He was, I don't think he was there that day. Um, But like I knew people who were, you know, personally there on the ground. Not not many, but I did know some, and certainly knew like you know friends of friends. Yeah, certainly knew a lot more. I mean, again, being kind of an East Coast person, I mean, I remember exactly where I was, and you probably do too. Do Um, I had uh, I had I was I'd graduated. I had plans to go overseas as a missionary. I think my flight was scheduled to leave like. I don't know, right right around that day. I forget if it was a few days after or before. And actually what happened was uh, I didn't raise the support that I needed. And so I, I didn't go. Uh, and I found that out like three days before 9-11. So I was at my parents' house because I had I had nowhere else to be. And my parents had moved like the year before. So it wasn't like a familiar, it wasn't like my hometown. Um, so I was just kind of somewhere different. And uh, it was just very, I was already feeling very, Uh, sort of discombobulated and untethered to the world and then that happened and just everything got turned upside down and it was just like we don't we don't know what's going on anymore yeah it was just such a shocking day yeah one of the things that i remember most this is kind of strange maybe i remember at one point you know the latest news flash was that a plane went down near pittsburgh and i remember thinking like if they're if they're flying planes into buildings in pittsburgh (laughs) like where aren't they flying planes you know what i mean it's like it's one thing it's like okay new york makes sense yeah downtown manhattan washington dc but it's like okay if they're flying planes into pittsburgh now of course that turned out to be the plane that was you know went into the ground at shanksville pa that was going to dc but i didn't know that then it's like they flew into a into pittsburgh it's like that means like every american city you know, was probably getting bombarded with planes. And with it was just apologies
0: like, to the people of Pittsburgh, we're not saying you're not important. right.
1: But I mean, if, if yeah. Pittsburgh, then that probably means LA and Chicago, and you know, every other city of the comparable. So it was one of those days where it just felt like anything was like literally anything was possible. Yeah, where any news story that came across the wire sounded believable because what you're seeing on the screen on live was TV so unreal. Was so unreal that's like. Everything's possible. Anything's yeah. possible. Yeah. What were you doing
0: 20 years ago? Well, I don't know if you remember this, but I I, I wrote uh, obituaries for the Valley News. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah. So like during like so I graduated from college. Um, I moved back to New Hampshire to figure out what was next. I the seminary I hadn't really decided on yet, and so I I sort of had two like sort of part time gigs. I worked at TJ Maxx there in like the Lebanon little plaza there to sort of make some money. Yeah. And I, and I wrote obituaries at uh, TJ max. And so uh, right. I'm not TJ max at, at, at the Valley news. Now that would have been something <laughs> me on the typewriter. And anyway, um, and so typewriter, like, yeah, <laughs> how so, old are you? No, no <laughs> typewriter. <laughs> well, you know, it would have been, we would have been using windows 95. So it may as well be, you know, a typewriter, but anyway, <laughs> right. it, you know, it, I was in a newsroom, interestingly enough. Yeah. I'm sure I've told you this story. I don't,
1: I don't know if I remember. Um,
0: but, 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 but anyway, it was just, that was an interesting place to be. Yeah. Right. Cause there's just stuff coming over the wire. And I remember being struck that like these guys had been in the news for a long time were like visibly shaken. Right. Right. And that was, um, that for me was like, okay, this is serious. Yeah. You no. Know? Like, this isn't, like, your run-of-the-mill scandal or story. It was, like, you know, the the guy was the editor at the time, he was just, like, white. Like, his coloring was... So, we're all watching it on TV, right? Yeah. And then they ended up, like, closing down, like, my job at the retail store. They ended up closing the store. And so, I just went home and sat
1: down on, like, my parents' basement and was just, like... Did nothing but watch the screen. Yeah, I mean... it was weird because, you know, I had just kind of gone through a pretty major disappointment learning I was not going overseas. Yeah, I remember that. And then, again, same with my parents. I was 24 years old. I'd been living on my own since I was 18. Um, it was, that was just weird. And, and they had moved, so it wasn't like it was in my hometown. So I didn't have anyone to kind of mourn with um, yeah. other than my parents. It was just strange. Again, my world was already a little bit confusing. Um so I didn't have anything to do. I, I was kind of between things as well. Yeah. And so I just like watched TV for like well, a week straight because yeah. I, I just had nothing else to, well, to do really. Me, and it was so just mesmerizing.
0: Well, me too. Well, there's that. You you had just found out like a major disappointment three days before. And I had purchased like an engagement ring like three days before. Yeah. Because I, I was going to propose to it. I like booked tickets to fly out west to propose to you know who's my now wife yeah and i was thinking are we even going to be flying by then you know what i mean yeah. like like yeah. i wasn't like i had no idea what all that was going to be like yeah yeah the other thing like i sort of remember from that time and i don't know what your memories of this are like you know i, I don't remember valley bible ever being as full as it was in the days following 9 11. like that was my dad's church so i was attending his church at the time and was helping out with youth, and you know, was doing stuff at Dartmouth with the crew, and you know, some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it, I, so I was really. was just, this was a busy season for me, as you can imagine. But it, but anyway, it was, um, man, just people we'd never seen before, were just really searching for answers, and yeah. there was a sense of unity around that time. Mm-hmm. That, in many ways, was heartening. Like it's, it, it was, it was a. Yeah, to me it was an encouragement at the time. Okay, the the Lord is working. Um, that that was yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I remember that being a thing. I was I didn't have a church at that time, so I don't I don't have that experience of like oh it's fuller than usual. Uh, but but I do remember just the sense of national unity. Yeah, was something that I don't think we'd ever experienced in our life. Certainly not since the end of the Cold War. Yeah, it, that that was really encouraging. That was really that was really something. Um. To see everyone kind of rally and to, and to be united in that sense, and I do remember that there was, uh, you know, again that churches were reporting being very full. That there was a big interest, and in, I mean, people needed people needed comfort; they needed solace. Yeah, uh, I remember watching. It's like a it was like a national prayer service or something, like the National Cathedral. I remember watching that on TV. It might have been like <clears throat> four or five days later. I forget. Right. And it was, it was pretty incredible. I mean, it was somewhat, you know, kind of people of all faiths. And so it was, it was somewhat generic, you know? Yeah. I remember Billy Graham spoke. Uh, I remember president Bush spoke and she thought president Bush was like, was more biblical and Christian than like more explicitly like Christian than even Billy Graham was. Billy Graham's was a little more like sort of generically, you I don't, know, spiritual. I don't have a specific um, memory of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching that, 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 Again, it was, uh, it was just kind of an amazing thing that would, again, would just, it'd be hard to imagine that happening today. It just would, unfortunately. right. Um, and, and not that that was like long lived, you know, church attendance dropped pretty quickly after that, yeah. uh, as things yeah. do. Uh, but, yeah. but there was a moment there for uh, quite a while where church attendance was up. And it was a long moment that the, the sort of the national pride and patriotism and, and just sense of unity and service to one another. I remember seeing um, like on the news they had, they showed like outside, uh, like, you know, the Red Cross clinic or whatever, people lining up out the door, ready to give blood if they didn't, they wound up not needing it because they couldn't find yeah. any survivors. But, uh, but, the, but there was this sense of kind of togetherness that, uh, that we just haven't <laughs> seen since for sure. Yeah. It happened for like two weeks during the pandemic, and then everyone just started sniping at each other again. I, well, I uh, more like six or seven hours during the pandemic. <laughs> right. But I remember at the early stages of the pandemic, people were like, oh, maybe this would be another 9-11 and kind of unite the country. I remember thinking that it could have been that.
0: And I think we even on this podcast talked about and how it, it could have been that. It, it ended up last it ended not all, being but, that. Yeah. yeah. No, but so again, for me, it. I, rem- I remember experiencing all of that as well. And, uh, you know, I'm working sort of in a newspaper. I say I'm working in a newspaper. I'm there like four hours a week. You know, they give me the death notices. I call the families and type something up. So it's not as though it was, I was not a newspaper man, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to, but it, 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 it struck me how like this was a moment for the news in some ways. So uh, the, before pr- just prior to this, you know, George Bush has been recently elected, right? And it was a contested election. Right? Hanging yeah. chads. Like all of that is going on. It's as polarized as we've ever seen it. Now, I we look back on that polarization with some nostalgia now, right? Because now oh, we're yeah. 10 times more polarized than oh, we were yeah, then. And sure. we go, remember the good old days, but um but it, it's uh it was extremely polar I mean, that's part of why it felt so significant yeah this moment happens and whatever you think about george bush and what he did next right it's pretty be pretty you'd be pretty hard pressed to find somebody who at least if they were honest who didn't feel like in those moments he handled that in a way that brought the country together
1: oh absolutely i mean, his approval rating was in the 90s it was, it was right. really high but just the way that he went to ground zero and right rallied the firefighters I mean he's sort of a blue jeans kind of guy and that was and that right. was the right tone kind of a- attitude and tone for the moment. Right. Um, and he had a resolve to him. And again, you know, forget about the rest of his presidency right. whatever, but but in that moment he he was I think the right, right person for for that for that time.
0: Right. And so the point is is that the the whole tone of the news changed for I'd say about a year. You know? Yeah. Like it It just changed. I can't help but like wish we could recover some of that, you know, where there was a sense, there's a sense of maybe there's things more important than whether or not we agree with everything the president stands for or agrees or would espouse, right? Like
1: I, well, it was also like before social media happened.
0: Yes. Yes, that's true.
1: So it's just a different kind of media climate. Can you imagine if Twitter had been around
0: when when 9-11 was happening? Can you imagine?
1: Yeah. Well, oh and gosh. it was even before just people had digital cameras. Yeah. not I mean, forget about on their phones, but even just right. digital cameras, period. And so just right. there would have been you know, exponentially more just videos of everything. Right. Which I don't know if that'd be a good thing or a bad thing, but. It would be uh, both. It, it would be both. It, it, you're right. It would yeah. be both. Yeah. 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 Cause it would just be so saturated. You know, yeah. it's the last, I think it's the last time. Well, no, that's not quite true this is probably the second to last time where I collected news held on the newspapers. You know, it used to be kids that <laughs> we had these things called newspapers that were thrown at your doorstep every morning. And yeah, we should have explained that when I said I was working in a newspaper. <laughs> right. And uh, right. you know, you kind of maybe save newspapers for major events. Um, I saved I still have newspapers from nine 11. I, I almost said it was the last time I saved a newspaper, but that's not true because when the Red Sox won the 2004 World Series, I saved newspapers then too.
0: You didn't in 2007?
1: Well, we didn't have newspapers. <laughs> I don't know. I might. Yeah. I don't remember. But but that's when I was still like, subscribing to newspapers on a regular basis. Now I'll go buy one now and then if there's something in it. Um, but just the way we received our news was a lot differently back then. We did have the internet, uh, but it wasn't as widespread it than on our phones for sure um, like i remember actually on 9-11 so the first thing that i heard was my mom said something like a plane flew into the world trade center one of the twin towers and my first thought was i remember a story from like decades ago when a plane flew into i forget if it was the empire state building or some other building and it was like it was like some like private like plane small plane Cessna like some or idiot
0: who got off course yeah yeah
1: and it did you know, it damaged like, you know, three rooms or whatever. And it did no, did no structural damage. So it's kind of like the first thought I had was like, Oh, something fell into the building, but I had no sense of that. There was trouble, you know what I mean? Like, like massive trouble. And then obviously we turned on the news and saw what was going on. It was like, Oh wow. And then I remember I had, I had left home and I'd, cause this is what I was doing then. Uh, It was a, it was a Tuesday and I'd found out like Friday or Saturday, I wasn't going overseas. And so Monday morning, I started looking for a job. And then Tuesday, I was doing the same thing. That was my plan. And then so I, I watched the news. I left home. I went to the local library to get online to look for a job because we didn't have internet in the house. And it was there that I read that the tower had collapsed. The, the, uh, I think the South Tower was first. And it still didn't dawn on me. I thought it meant like the radio tower on top, you know, had just sort of like fallen off. I didn't realize like the entire building had pancaked.
0: Yeah. By Um, then I'd gone home and was like sitting in the basement with my mom.
1: Yeah. So, so like, I didn't even appreciate what had happened like right away. And then when I, when that, when I finally realized what had happened, that's when I was just like, okay, forget it. Like I, I went home and I spent the rest of the days in front of the TV because I, I wasn't going to be able to concentrate on anything. Yeah. So it, again, it kind of took a while to kind of figure out what in the world is going on here. Um, and then, of course, it was just all day getting more and more reports, seeing the second tower collapse, hearing about the Pentagon, the plane in Pennsylvania and just. Yeah. You know, and then where's the president? It wasn't we weren't sure where the president was for a long time. Well, they kept saying where he was flying and I was like, shut up, quit saying where he
0: quit saying where he's.
1: Well, so my wife at the time, she was she was living in Spain. But she was home in Ohio, I think raising support. And, uh, and where, where she grew up in Ohio, where her parents lived, was outside a military base, Yeah, um, right, patterson And uh, she looked up at one point, she's outside, she looked up and she saw Air Force One flying overhead, hmm. like low to the ground, like approaching the Air Force base there. And that was at the time when no one knew, they weren't saying where he was. They're trying to, yeah. They were trying to keep it secret for a while yeah um, it's like oh there he goes there goes air force one right over the top of our house
0: I we did not have that in you know lebanon new hampshire that was <laughs> right. not going on
1: right
0: yeah it's funny like i, I have very few like very specific memories i, I more remember how i felt like some yeah. people like i remember like the moment when like we found out because you know that was a very but I don't, I don't have a lot of very specific and like really like the three weeks after that sort of all run together for me a lot of people have very specific memories and I just don't like, I remember um, like, you know, baseball took a break for a while. And right. We weren't even sure there was going to be a world series, which I suppose that that's what I remember tells you something about my priorities. And you, you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you're learning a little bit about me. I remember Mark McGuire talking about how, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't like keep playing. Maybe we should
1: call the season.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember that was a debate in sports. Circles. Yeah,
1: I think the NFL waited a week. Yeah, I remember yeah. it was the first time I ever rooted for the Yankees because, like, their their first game back was in New York. It was just so much it, bigger than baseball and bigger than yeah. But it was like the first game back was is in New York. Yeah, um, it was incredibly emotional. I yeah. think George Bush threw out the first. He did. I, I know he, he threw did. out a first pitch. I forget if it was for the first game of the World Series or the for the first game like. That was after they resumed play again in September, he may, he may have done both, he may have done both. Uh, I remember he threw a dead eye strike. But you know, again, played first, third base at Yale first game back yeah. in Yankee Stadium, you know, New Yorkers yeah. were affected more than anybody in terms By of far it, in terms yeah. of it, like that was their town, you know, and uh, it was just like incredibly emotional. Yeah, like it just was, and it, well, know, we were
0: all kind of New Yorkers for a while there. We were, know? and we like, set, yeah. set
1: all that kind of stuff aside. It yeah. really just wasn't even something you joked about. I mean, it was yeah. just like you just didn't, and and yeah. so it's like you, know, you wanted New York to have a moment. I think they played, uh, I forget it was game one or game two, fell on November 1st. It was the first, yeah, baseball game in November because the season got yep. delayed and pushed back. Right. So the World Series went into November, and and Jeter hit a Walk off home run or whatever it was right. on November first, and they dubbed them Mister November. All this kind right. of stuff, and right.
0: uh, but it was this like would have been the, this would have been the Yankees uh, Diamondback series,
1: right, which was the Diamondbacks it? eventually won. But was like, that
0: or was that two thousand and two? No, that was
1: a one. Um, yeah, and so it was like it was just a good moment for New York, you know. And uh, again, not a Yankees fan that's well documented, but but you know nine eleven made me a Yankees fan at least for a little while just to see just to see you know what it meant to the city uh, and to see them cheering and just having like this a temporary break from their grief and sorrow to just celebrate because another thing that you kind of forget now is like they would have these uh, funerals for the fallen like police officers and firefighters yeah and it would be like a procession like down the streets of you know whatever neighborhood that they were from or whatever and it would just be people lined up you know, ten deep on the sidewalks, just paying homage to the fallen firefighters or firefighter and pl- or police officer. And this is going on like every day. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so this is what they were doing like every day in New York City. Well, and they were digging. They were digging people out for like months, weeks, months. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and there was still you could still smell the smoldering smoke for months. I mean, it was just this was going on. This is what their life yeah. was every day. And, you know, so yeah. to have to see them have like a good moment, you know, where yeah. you know, they win a big game, it's like everyone knows it's not that big of a deal, but it's but it's something it's something tangible they can do. And so yes. you're kind of happy just just to see yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing just sort of on, you know, like sports related stuff coming out of 9-11. I remember the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl after nine eleven, which was only like five months after 9-11. So it was still pretty raw. Yeah, it was fresh. Ground Zero was still a mess. It wasn't cleaned up by any stretch of the imagination. Well, it was Tenet a mess for years. Mess. Yeah, it was. So like again, like if you're younger, you don't really remember it. It was still, it was still yeah. really raw. It was still, you know, in the national consciousness for sure. So, you get to the Super Bowl, and this is like the first Patriots victory. So there's there's that. But besides that, again, putting that aside, like I remember, um, you know, obviously Super Bowl NFL is always very patriotic but the halftime show was u2. Get on YouTube and look up YouTube or U2 Super Bowl halftime show 2002 or whatever. Like it was just awesome. Like it was just awesome. I mean yeah, U2 I was awesome it. to begin with. They did this thing where they like, they dropped two curtains so it kind of met, you know from the from the ceiling of the I think it was New Orleans Superdome. Uh, so it kind of looked like the twin towers and they projected the names of the victims. On the banners while they sang, and it was like you have a better memory than me for this kind of stuff. You can't watch that and knock goosebumps. Like it's just awesome. Yeah, it was just awesome. And again, it was one of those moments that was just sort of felt like a a healing moment um, for a lot of people.
0: Like the stuff that I like, I remember is of course, um, you know, a month after, like basically a month after this happened. Well, not quite a month. Like it was, I guess, October fifteenth. I flew out to go propose to Anita and I remember just being struck with what a different experience like all the stuff that we just take for granted now like oh yeah of course you're going to take off your shoes and belt and of course you know of course my mom or dad aren't going to be able to walk me to the game I mean all that stuff was brand new then all the security measures all of that and it felt like it felt super weird and then like there were still like guys with guns hanging around airports I could you know
1: right like military military, military like, like military yeah. people
0: right and so like
1: that was all very jarring you know yeah yeah i know um, I mean, you used to yeah. be old used to be if you're picking someone up from the airport you used to build this like walk right walk to the jetway, through security like to the jetway yeah. and stand yeah. there at the end of the jetway yeah yeah you're obviously not doing that now you're waiting that you know right baggage claim or whatever right so, so a so, lot
0: yeah And again, I had, you know, people were asking me, how are you feeling about flying? And, you know, my thought was, it's probably as safe to fly now as it's ever going to be again, because, you know, just after something like this happens, what's the, you know, maybe it's the, maybe it's the 20 something in me that was, you know, but I remember just thinking, I wonder when all of like, when it'll go back to like, what it was like before, you know, like in my, in my, my, like in my naivete, I thought, okay, right now it's terrible and people are grieving and we're scared and we don't know if there's going to be another attack. And so we're taking all of these measures, but surely at some point, like I won't need to take off my belt to go on an airplane. And here we are 20 years later, Yeah, yeah. you
1: know, you're going well, to some things, obviously we're going to be right. permanent and some things were, were temporary.
0: Right. Well, right. There aren't like army guys at the, at the airport anymore, but like, well, even just beyond security measures. Well, but I mean, just in terms and, of like the, the, the mood of the country, and to be fair, part of it was like, I was flying out of Logan airport, right? And one of those planes took off from Logan. So, like, there was a lot of, like, there was heightened everything. Logan Airport's in Boston, listeners. So, like, there's, I mean, some of that was that. So, if I'd been flying out of, you know, Burlington, Vermont, or Manchester, it might have been different. Uh, It just was really striking to me. And so, that's, like, I remember that. And I remember, you know, like like I said, just a sense of unity and the... um patriotism like i'm not again this is gonna get me in trouble with like some of my some of our listeners but like i'm not like i'm grateful to be an american and i wouldn't want to live anywhere else but i would not classify myself as a particularly patriotic person you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm like i'm just um i'm just not i don't get misty eyed at the star spangled banner you know like i just I, I just don't um but during that time it was a big deal you know i i,
1: I felt differently about it during that time. Right. Yeah. Right. It would be really interesting to go back um, and remember some of the things that happened that just over the course of time you, you forget about. Um, and I started watching a couple of these like documentaries on TV that are coming out, these 20th anniversary things. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, one of the things that kind of, that gets lost in all of this is remember a, a little, I, I don't remember the timeline of it all, but there's all these anthrax scares happening. Yeah. I mean, it might have been yeah. like October. That would have been 2001.
0: like 2001 or more
1: towards 2002 and three. But yeah. Well, no, it was it was much closer. Yeah. It started happening like pretty like right. within a month or so. I want to say after 9-11. Yeah. Anthrax started showing up like on all these um, like letters and stuff to senators and, and you right. know, whatever. And I'm like, and because the nation was so on edge already with terrorist attacks. Yeah. And this went on for a while. They didn't know where it was coming from. All this anthrax started showing yeah. up in people's you know, personal correspondence, and it was just again, it was just kind of like at that they, moment in time, they where had like military you guys getting vaccinated for anthrax. Yeah, like, like you like would have just believed anything because everything yeah. was just so crazy. It, I mean, it felt like a season of 24. You know, I mean, like the, yeah. the first season of 24. If you remember, like the first episode of the first season of 24, the TV show 24 featured a plane exploding in the sky. Right. And it was supposed to um, premiere like right around 9-11. And they they had to push it back because there's like, it's just people aren't going to watch this because it's way too. Right. Well, now, like, like, I'm not even sure. I'm not
0: even sure that episode gets made 20 years later. You know, I'm not even sure. Yeah. Probably- I mean, if it hadn't
1: already, I mean, there were quite a few things where like movies and other things that they decided, you know what, we're not going to air list because it's, it's just, yeah, it brings up too much. It's just one of those crazy things. And yeah, i remember like on the first anniversary by the first anniversary of nine 11, I'd moved out to Colorado. and was living out there and, you know, on the first anniversary, of course, there's, you know, always, you know, kind of year in review and, and, you know, retrospectives and all this kind of stuff. And, I just remember, you know, taking, uh, you know, to spending a couple of days to sort of reliving it all. Yeah. It was, just, you know, it was just really something yeah. um, to, to have experienced. And I was newly
0: married and had just like moved to Portland with, you know, yeah. my new wife and was starting seminary and all that.
1: Yeah. 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 So why don't we, why don't we stop yeah. there, take a little break and we'll come back with a little bit more reflecting on nine eleven.
0: Well, welcome back to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. And today we're just reflecting some on uh, the 20 years uh, of really just our, our country living with the, what, the events of 9-11-2001. Um, and so for everyone who's really over 15, that's banner moment. I think especially if you're Kevin and I's age and you were in your 20s, it's a significant um, – uh, you were in your 20s at the time. It's a significant uh, event. I want to just reflect some on maybe this, maybe this is going to seem weird, but, but since we are a, you know, Christian podcast and the things of of the Lord are central to us, um, I've thought a lot in the years since um, just how for me um, during that time, just how sovereign God is, uh, was really made real in many ways Um, that his, uh, that he really is the one who sets up leaders and he really is the one who uh, is in charge of everything. Like what we were talking about before, about how, um, you know, in those first moments, whatever you think about the rest of Bush's presidency, he seemed to be the right man at that moment. And it made all of the, all of the like division around um, the hanging chads and all and Florida and the Supreme court deciding who's president and all of that seem not important. And I, and I look back on that and just think that's, that's the Lord's doing Uh, his, uh, sovereign hand over who is in charge. He's in charge of who's in charge. And and I, I, that was the first time I, as a young person that I'd really, that, 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 that that being true was made real to me. Like I knew that, but it was real to me in a different way. So I don't know. I don't know if you, I don't know if you have any reflections like that from that period, but for me, um, That was, it was an important time in my faith in many ways because I was going, okay, uh, things are chaotic, but the Lord's in charge and clinging to that was really important
1: for me. I think when I think back to where I was at in the fall of 2001, again, I was just coming off a a pretty major disappointment where I thought I would be going overseas as a missionary serving the Lord. And instead I was sort of stuck at my parents' house trying to figure out what to do next with my life. And then 9-11 happened three days later. I was wrestling with questions of the Lord's sovereignty and, uh, in a different way for a whole, yeah. in a whole different way. And yeah. when nine 11 happened, I don't think I was, I don't think I was thinking through it, through that same lens that you were. Um, yeah. If anything, uh, you know, watching that and, and in the intervening years and seeing some of the new footage that's come out and, you know, just the destruction and the mayhem and the loss of life and, uh, just, it it strikes me, um, just how ugly sin is. Yeah. I and mean, I think it's like, look, that was all the result of sin. And, uh, obviously not all sin is quite as dramatic, um, and, uh, has such far reaching effects. Um, but sin is sin and it's ugly and it's dirty and it's nasty. And, um, You know, even if we don't make a mess of an entire nation and bring a city to a crumbling to a halt, uh, our sin does damage people. And usually the people that we are closest to, I just see, I like, I'm just remembering like images of that day and just, you know, these firefighters, you know, covered in ash and bleeding. And it's like, this is all because of sin, you know, it's not, it's not, I don't mean to reduce this to a metaphor but it but it is a an illustration of just the, the wickedness that's in the human heart. Well, and, and the
0: sins that uh, were committed that day are affecting us still.
1: They like are. like ju- right. ju- just
0: the generational
1: cost of sin. I think it is it it's can yeah. be illustrated. Sin has much longer reaching effects than I think we we really realize. Now look, it's easy on a 911. I'm something it's obviously so dramatic you know, or you can think of like the, you know, the worst examples of sin in human history. We think of the Hitlers and the 9-11, you know, whatever. And like, that's easy to be like, oh yeah, sin's terrible. But it's like, you think of just the sins that are committed, you know, within families and just the damage that they do for sometimes generations. It has such far reaching and pervasive effects. Yeah, you, know, you think of sin that happens in churches and the effects that it has on people. Ew. Yeah, um, and you know, the division that's caused and the hurt that's caused, and, and people have no idea how much um the ripple effects of sin. Um that's one thing, like as pastors, you just see a lot more. Like you see a lot more of the ripple effects. Yeah. Someone thinks, if they even see their own sin, that it's not even that big of a deal. And right. then and then you see how it just affects fifty people for months, if not years. Yeah just the ripple effects that go out. And so, you know, seeing nine eleven, and just seeing like, this is just the ugliness of sin, yeah. um, on a, on a massive unmistakable scale. Uh, but it's the same ugliness that happens on just an everyday sin as well.
0: All that. So true. Like so when something like that happens, um, on a grand scale, it, 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 it one of the healthy things that can happen as a result is it causes us to self-examine. And so it sounds like maybe for you that was happening a little bit um, during that time. And I, I, maybe this is a question, maybe you didn't remember how you felt about it, but like you were going through a pretty significant disappointment, right? A personal disappointment. Right. And then this grand scale thing happens. Did that frame your disappointment at all for you?
1: You know, trying to trying to think back
0: twenty. How years. How have I never asked you that in like twenty <laughs> in twenty years? Well, like you I, probably I, did
1: twenty years like, ago, but it's yeah. hard. It's hard to remember what I was thinking twenty years ago. I mean, right. um, Because again, like you'd had this big personal disappointment, and then this thing happens. That yeah, puts, I mean, it'd, like, be, it'd be easy to. I guess it'd be easy to say like, oh, well, that puts my disappointments in perspective, and so now I'm not disappointed. I don't really remember thinking that, but that was also 20 years ago. Um, yeah, well, I, th- I, I, I remember how devastated you were, and I was devastated
0: for you. And before that, yeah. you had this guy who was going to come, and we were going to do a stint together, and he met a girl, and so that guy's a jerk. We don't like him. But <laughs> Nar- narrator,
1: it was Matt. Anyway, um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> it, it, it um... but.
1: Yeah, like yeah, as much as I can remember, twenty years ago, and what I was thinking twenty years ago, and and, you know, my memory may quite be faulty here, but yeah, I don't remember conflating those things a whole lot. I seem to, at least, again as I think back on it, those things were fairly well compartmentalized as to you know, there's one disappointment here, and the Lord's sovereignty. I'm not traveling overseas, and that continued to be a disappointment, and just you know, again, just wrestling with. I sure thought this was God's will for me, and I sure thought like, why wouldn't the Lord want me to serve Him in this way? And everyone I, everyone who was coaching me and surrounding me was was said, "Oh yeah, this is definitely what God wants for you," and was encouraging me in that way. So I just kind of had to wrestle with like, and this is a whole other podcast, like dealing with that disappointment and and with when you think that for sure this is what God wants you to do, and it's for sure a good thing to do a mission trip, and for you know, and it doesn't (laughs) happen. Well, yeah. So where's God's hand in that? Like that's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Uh, especially when everyone tells you like, oh yeah, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. Trust the Lord. And it's like, okay, I will. And then it didn't happen. So it's like, well, so then tune do you, in next week. Then I'm, what do you I'm do with Matt your, and then what, do you, yeah, right. and yeah. what do you do with your friends who were telling you all this? It's like, you just like, that's a whole other thing I had to kind of deal with. Yeah. I don't really remember my thoughts on nine 11 sort of tying into that. Maybe, yeah. maybe they did. But again, I think with nine eleven was was probably a little more it didn't shake my faith in any sort of way. Um mm. the the events of nine eight, September eighth, uh the day I found out I wasn't traveling overseas, those shook my faith more than nine eleven did. Hmm. Um nine eleven was you know, shook me in other ways. Yeah. It, maybe if I went back and reread journals from then, I, yeah. I, would, I would remember it differently. Well, but, you're
0: welcome for asking a very
1: complicated question with, that well, you would 20, no, it's 20 a, years of hindsight. But it's, like, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, you know Part of it is I just don't remember. But um, again, 9-11 for me in terms of what it did for my faith yeah, was, I think in part, it helped me to try to understand my faith in light of how it's lived out kind of i don't know if nationally is quite the right word but you know as as a citizen uh, as a citizen of a country that's grieving as a neighbor of people who are confused and scared which again confusion and fear were big time emotions in fall of 2001 yeah um there was also you know, a lot of resolve and unity that kicked in, but there was just a lot of fear and, yeah. and confusion about what was going on in our world, a lot of vulnerability. And so for me, I think how that shaped my faith, I guess, was was figuring out how, how to be a good citizen and neighbor in times that were so trying. It didn't shake my faith and like, oh my goodness, is there a, is there a God? I don't remember ever thinking that. I remember thinking it was an opportunity. And it was weird because I was in a place where I didn't know anybody. Like I had just moved. I just I'd gone down to my parents house to say goodbye to them because I was moving overseas and there I was just going to visit them for like I don't know a week or whatever before I, I I left yeah and then that's like just physically where I was when 9-11 happened that's the only reason I wound up staying there because I had nowhere else to go I'd already you know my rent was up my everything else I had sold all my stuff I was going to be overseas and then I was like stuck in a city I've never been in um, my parents, new house. I don't know anyone here. Uh, yeah. That, that was its own sort of thing going on. So, I remember. so trying to kind of work through all of that and trying to work through 9-11 while just being in a new place altogether was, yeah, you know, that, I mean, that's just my experience. It was sort of a yeah. mix of different experiences that yeah. came together.
0: Yeah. So for me, um, I mean, the reason I was asking about like, you know, well, did how did it frame your disappointment? Because I know for me, like I, I mean, like I said, I'd bought a I'd bought a ring like days before um 9-11 happened. And I was on a plane going to propose to my now wife 36 days after that event. You know, like that's yeah, um, that's all really close together. And so it's hard not to think about like my own like deciding to make that commitment in the midst of like um, how fragile life is, you know what I mean? right? Like in one day, 30 you know 3,000 people are dead, right? And yeah. I, and upstairs in my room in my drawer, there's a ring where I'm preparing to make a lifetime commitment. And so for me, it rather than it make, making me go, is this the right thing to do with my life, it made me more sure than I had been before yeah. about making that commitment. Yeah. So, like, I had no; it it never occurred to me to postpone my uh, postpone my flight or anything like that. It made me want to get on a plane sooner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I, go. I can understand that. Yeah, and
0: go like, you know, I, I want to start the rest of my life with her now. Because it just made me go, man. Things can change so fast. Um, and so that I mean, again, I don't need to go into the whole story of you know deciding to marry her and how she dumped me earlier that summer and we got back together and the whole thing. But that's, that that's, that's another, that that that's another podcast, but, and no one cares. So it won't be an episode that, that episode won't be happening. Listeners rest assured, but it's, uh, but for me, for you, it was like, okay, here's this big, um, my life isn't unfolding how I thought it would. And mine is I'm stepping into like really adulthood for the first time in many ways. It, but, but it was like, okay, I'm taking this giant step and the events that were happening. Um, I'd already decided to take that step, but there was something codifying about those. Events. I mean, d- d- does that make sense? Um, sure. Yeah. Like the, the co- they yeah. were like, okay, um, th- this is now I'm more sure. And uh, so it's hard. Not to think about those events and not think about preparing to get married. Yeah. During all that. Well, not get married, but at least propose because the the wedding happened a year later. You know you were there, but anyway. I was there, yeah.
1: By then, i had moved to Colorado. I drove to Seattle for your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been listening to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. That's the name of our podcast. You've been listening to Matt and Kevin talk about 9-11. We hope that what you've heard has, has been an encouragement in some way or maybe just helps you in your reflection of 9/11 for those of you that were old enough to remember that and be, and be affected by it. Uh, if you'd like to write into us and share some of your own reflections on 9/11 and, and what you were doing, where you were and how that's changed you or as you think back on it 20 years later, if you have any reflections, we'd be happy to, uh, uh, to read those. You can email us at Matt and Kevin Talk Church at gmail.com You can follow us on Twitter as well at MKTC That being said I'm Matt and I'm Kevin and we've been talking church in 20 years of 9-11 Be warm and be fed